for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Pandora, or head on over to AmericaOutloud.com and click the Listen Live tab for 24-7 Talk Radio. We have a big show tonight. We've got on Pastor Stewart to talk about the Father Deficiency Part 2. A uh, little further discussion from what we discussed last time. And he's also going to be discussing uh, his new book, It's Time for a Resurrection, a Resurrection, the Pandemic. So we're excited for the show tonight. He was a great guest the first time we had him on. And I'm really happy he came on with us again tonight. Rob, how are you doing tonight? Andrew, I'm doing great. And I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. And like you said, we had Pastor Stewart on previously. I think it was uh, back in February. And we had a very candid conversation about the father deficiency, which is affecting our society. And it's affecting in in all of the different communities. And we see what is happening when the father is not in the home. And I know that there's this big push by a lot of people to say women can do it by themselves, women are strong, and they can do this, they can do that. But as we learned from the pastor during our last conversation, is that women can say that all they want to, and they can believe that. But at the end of the day, there needs to be a father figure in the house, and not just a man who's just going to be there being bossy and saying, do this and do that, but he needs to play an active role in the lives of the children, mainly in the lives of sons. But he also mentioned that when the father isn't there, you have daughters who go out and you have teen pregnancies. So it's crucial that we bring this institution that God put together, ordained, back to what it's supposed to be, put it back together, despite of everything that we're hearing out there, but the single household, and we can do this. And, and Andrew, you know, we've spoken about this before, and I think in many instances, this is definitely being pushed in society that women could do it all by themselves. They don't need a man. They don't need a man for anything. And if the man is there, there is this tug of war as to who's supposed to be the head of a household. And you look at every other society outside of the United States or Western culture, and it's always the man who is the dominant figure. But here in Western culture, men against women, they pitted pitted us up against each other. So there's this always this turmoil. Even when people are trying to date, you see on the social media apps and you see women saying, I want this, I want that, I mean, naming what they want. And then when someone says, I think there was a, uh, there was a surfer who came out and she said that she has a nine to five job, but when she comes home, she is submissive to her husband and people went bonkers. Oh my God, how can this be? Oh, she's crazy. She's brainwashed. But she said, but I have a happy home. And you look at society now where you have two people trying to be the head. They don't have a happy home. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about, as you mentioned, Andrew, his book, It's a Time for Resurrection, you know, and he wrote this during the pandemic and what happened there. And you know my thoughts on that. I mean, the pastor will have to pray for me because I think that, yes, COVID does exist, but I think that this whole thing with staying inside, put on the mask, don't do this. It was them taking away a lot of our rights. 
We got to shut the churches down, but we're going to keep the liquor store open. We're going to keep the strip club open. We're going to let people go out in the streets and protest and burn up everything. But you can't go to church. You do that online. Well, yeah, that's fine. But the Bible also says, lest you forget to assemble yourselves. So we're going to talk about that also. So without further ado, our frank conversation with Pastor Frank Stewart. How are you tonight, sir? I am doing great. I'm doing great, and I'm excited, and I want to thank you and Andrew for the opportunity and the privilege to talk about this. And even since we've been talking, it seemed like this has just resurfaced uh, in our churches, uh, the two churches that I pastor, just talking about Father Deficiency. And, and it's so amazing when I start talking about the book. Uh, many people, they start crying. And, and what I've noticed is that in that conversation, it's the young ladies. They start crying that their father wasn't there. A young man told me on Sunday, he said, I'm doing everything I can to hold back the tears. So it's something that is needed. It's something that we need to discuss. It, it was It's so much in the book. I think that we covered some, but so much we didn't cover when that father's not there. And I think that is, for me, uh, Rob, it's hard to see how any born-again Christian can't believe that the man is optional. When we know what God has said in the word of God, when we read the Bible, then it's hard to believe that anybody would be that one-sided. It takes that father, it takes that mother, but we're looking at our culture, which is so deprived of that father figure. So it took a man and a woman to bring that child into the world. That's what it's going to take. I don't care how much they experiment. It's still going to be a man and a woman that brings a child, a human being into the world. So it takes that in the rearing of the child and to make sure that child has a good foundation and is balanced and, and is whole. It takes both the father and the mother. And if the father's not there, we're going to have to have a good male role model, somebody that can model that, somebody that can speak into that child's life. Uh, when you read the word of God, it, that that is obvious. There's no exception to that. So why is it, Pastor, that in our culture that we're attacking the male figure, the father figure? And I mean, it's an onset, I mean, attack that men are toxic, men aren't doing this. Now, granted, there are a lot of men out there that aren't doing what they should be doing. A lot of them thinking that they're Mac daddies. A lot of them are walking around with their swag on. I mean, but those, those, those are like uh, the exception. But there are men who want to do the right thing, but this attack on them, attack on their manliness. And like I said, we had mentioned the last time, even with the churches, when you look at a lot of churches, you don't see a lot of men going to church. Why is that? Is it because of this attack and men feel that if I go there, uh, there's so many women here that the preacher is going to attack me? I What's think the that, reason behind it? I think that's a great, I think that's a great part of it. I think one of the things that I have said for years is that our churches must be male friendly. Now that sounds that sounds odd saying uh -huh. that when most of the time those that are in charge of the church are males. But because of the history of the visible church uh, in our culture, in the African American church, what I'm talking about, uh, the male, even though he is in the leadership role, 
many times other males coming into the church, they don't feel that acceptance. Now you got to understand something. We got males coming in and most of them are father deficient. So here they come into the church and us not knowing how to reach them that are coming in that are father deficient. So I think the church has to grow up in that area. Uh, and I'm not saying, I'm just saying, you know, when I said church, I'm not talking about every church, but I think becoming male friendly. And that sounds almost like an oxymoron because like I said, most of the leadership uh, in most of our churches are male, led, led by male, but knowing how to reach other men. Knowing what, to, mm -hmm. what is one of the things you think that off the bat that churches could do to attract more men and to keep them hence becoming male friendly because men are going to go in and they're going they're looking at everything you know who is this guy what is he doing what is he trying to do they might visit but then to keep them there it seems as if though that's a, a task a heavy task so what could churches do just one thing off the top of your head or what are you doing to ensure that your church is male friendly and maybe other churches could model that I think one of the things that we have to do, and this is what we're trying to do, is put men back in those leadership positions. I'm not saying exclude women. I'm not saying remove women, but I'm saying put men back in those positions. Put put them at the put them as greeters along with the women. Put them as ushers, uh, not just security, but put them teaching. You know, when you start talking about men that are teaching other young men, then, you know, that's where they need to be. They need to be visible. The one thing we're, we're trying to do is make the men visible when other men come in. That is very attractive to see men that are in position working in the church. It's not, a, you know, it's when you come to a church and, and most of our church is predominantly, predominantly female, then when you look around, you don't see any or very few men in position. That's a turnoff. That's a turnoff. I've had men tell me that are members of, of Acts now, a member of the church, our pastor, they've said, you know, the thing that kept me coming back was the, the one guy I focused on that was at the church because they kind of exclude the pastor. They kind of, you know, okay, he's a pastor. Okay, I can't relate to him. But they're looking around in the congregation to see somebody that identify or they can identify with. Mm -hmm. Having putting them at the forefront, and I'm sure some of our listeners, people that are listening, uh, a lot of them tend to be conservatives, but there are some who are moderate and liberal that are listening to this. And more than likely some of the women that hear this, they're saying, oh no, uh-uh, it's not, no, time is up for men. It's time for the women to be up front. And like I said, that's the battle that we have now. Not just in the we, church, but in the homes. Go ahead, Pastor. You know, the thing about that is, and that's that's a conversation that we need to have, and we need to have this conversation where we can sit down and talk about it. Nothing can change what God has done. And I, I it's two things that I tell people. I so said, when I talk about submission, and whenever you talk about submission, you can always feel the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. everybody, everybody get quiet. 
the men get quiet, because, especially when they're married and their wives are there. They're quiet, too. Everybody's quiet. And I said, whenever that happens, it's two things going on. First of all, you do not understand what submission means. And secondly, you maybe you've had a bad head. So to be able to explain that the difference between a head and a boss is very important. Everything in the universe craves the head. You will not see anything walking around without a physical head. The problem is we have confused what a boss is and what a head is. Those are two different things. I think a lot of teaching and a lot of engagement, because if you're going to believe the word of God, it's pretty clear in the word of God how God has set everything up. Christ, is, Christ submits to God. The man submits to the man submits to uh, Christ. The woman submits to the man. Submission is a wonderful thing, but the way it has been taught, the way it has been abused, uh, it, it, it causes it causes some women to really feel threatened by just the mentioning of the word submission. And I think we need to have a good conversation about that and talk about that because uh, everything I know everything I know that that walks around, everything that moves, that is alive, it craves a head. I, 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 I am excited that Jesus is my head. I'm excited about that. So I think more women would be excited about headship uh, if they understood the meaning and the definition of it. But yet they, like you said, when they do hear it, you know, people get quiet. They're like, oh, no, he's not going to control me. And I can't do this because I remember what happened to my aunt or my sister. They're yeah. always looking at past relationships that they've seen as opposed to, like you said, understanding it. And I guess that's right. where the church comes in and helps to explain it. I mean, Andrew has said one of our, our previous show how during some of the hard time in his life, he's always like relied on the church. And people need that. They need to be able to rely on the church when there's nothing else. We become adults. Our parents aren't there. So where else do we go to? So when you look at a man, you know, this guy's strong. And now he's coming into the church. And he's looking around. He's like, okay, what's happening here? And then you got right. the wife who's coming in. And then the battle ensues. Yes. Yes. And to be honest, to be honest, we, we, have, to, we have to be taught how to handle that. Because mm -hmm. what has happened is because since most of the congregation are, are, are women, then we have to understand that we 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 have we, we have to we have to tell the truth uh, according to the word of God, and not be swayed by the majority that is listening to us. Uh, that is very very important. So. We don't want to be dogmatic with the truth. We want the truth to be the truth, but it's presentation. It's how I present it. You know, I can present truth, but I need to put it presented with grace. Jesus came, he was, he came and he brought grace and truth. You know, grace is wonderful. Truth is wonderful, but we need that combination. So there's a balance not to, to not to go too far to the right or, or too far to the left. This is a very important conversation that we're having right now. Because when we talk about father efficiency, if we don't have this conversation, I'm so glad you brought it up, because if we don't have this conversation, then there are going to be uh, some women 
that will feel threatened, that will keep that father out of the life of that child. Not to, not not so much uh, to to uh, hurt the child, but in, in many ways they think that's a form of protection. So this is a conversation we we really need to have. This is a conversation that's going to help us understand father deficiency. But so, Pastor, we have a couple a couple more minutes on this segment. But who are they trying to protect the son? from i mean they they're in the household they have the daughter who can look up to them and i guess model the daughter the daughter will model herself after the mom but if she sees the mom treating the father a certain way she's going to grow up thinking well i've got to put up these barriers also and so when she gets in a relationship the same thing happens and then the son not having a model in his life his dad is afraid to say anything he's takes a stand back approach because I want to try to keep a happy home. So you have this turmoil that's going on in this family that could otherwise be a happy home if people were just to put down all the barriers, read, and like you said, listen to the pastor and the way it's presented. So we're going to take this back up on the other side of the break, but I want you to answer that question when we come back. Who is the mother trying to protect? And if she's trying to be the model for the daughter, and not necessarily a good model, who's going to be the model for the son when we come back after the, the commercial break, Pastor? All right. You're tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio Monday through Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, or 7 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew and special guest, Pastor Frank Stewart. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. And we're back in After Dark with Robin Andrew, and we're having a conversation with Pastor Frank Stewart. Indeed, this is a conversation. Usually when we come on, Andrew and I, we're talking about politics. We're talking about entertainment, the latest thing that happened.
But we wanted to bring all this full circle. And every so often, we'd like to have on someone to come on, a pastor, a religious leader, and help us to put all of this into perspective. Because everything that we see that's taking place in society, I think that it's because of the lack of, I want to say religion, but it is religion, and belief in God, and allowing God to lead us, be the head of our lives. So tonight, again, we brought back Pastor Stewart, and we're talking about a number of things, mainly the father deficiency. We're also going to talk about his recent book that's out there now that deals with COVID. So when we went to break, I had proposed a question to the pastor about the mother, family as a whole, and her being the model for the daughter, but she's trying to protect that son, so it seems, from the father. And my question is, why is she trying to protect it from the father, the male figure, who will help him in years to come? Pastor, go ahead. Well, it's, you know, that, that question is so, is so many different ways. You can so many different answers for that. But one of the reasons is just past experience. Past experience. And the thing that we sometimes don't, do not understand, that a bad husband doesn't mean a bad father. It's very important to understand that. Mm, that's, that's interesting. Bad husband does not mean a bad father. Absolutely. Could you elaborate? I know a lot of people are probably saying, okay, what does that mean? Well, you know, because as a husband, his role as a husband is totally different. That interaction with another adult, opposite sex, female, you, they're in a different relationship. They're in a different intimate relationship, a conversation, two adults, and maybe that doesn't work out. But that doesn't mean that he is going to be uh, a bad father. Uh -huh. you know? And and sometimes, you know, you, you get into some stuff here that that we need to talk about. Sometimes you can be you can be an awful husband and a good father. And and we have to realize that. You know, there, there are women that are incredible, incredible mothers. But when it comes to being a wife, to be able to show that affection on that level to a, a man, uh, a husband, they don't know how to do that. Now, so we're going to deal with what has been passed down, the history of what has happened in our families, what we're dealing with. So one of the things I want to get on point, I want to get back on point. One thing I'm, I'm saying is that because he he has been maybe not the best husband, maybe because you and him didn't make it, that doesn't mean that he can't be or he is not a good father. Mm. Now, I want that to sink in into people because, like you said, the relationship comes into play. Two right. adults yeah. having a relationship, and now he's interacting with the children. Exactly. And I think that at times people put the two together and they confuse it. You're not good in this role. You can't be good in the other role. And though some people will say, oh, well, you're a good father, but you're not a good husband or you're right. a good wife. You're not a good mother. And I think they see it, but in actually understanding it, it's a whole different ballgame. And I also think, I also think, Rob, if, 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 we have an understanding that if we don't allow that father into the life of the child, we're doing damage to the child that uh, we love, uh, that they love. 
you know, it's not about, it's not about the mother now. It's not about so much the father now. It's about the needs of the child. So just an understanding and being taught and ha having a conversation. I mean, I'm, I'm up for the conversation to be able to talk about it, uh, which, which that's the only way, we, only way we're going to get some healing and some deliverance. Uh, death and life's in the power of the tongue. And yeah. we need to speak out that hurt, uh, the things that have happened in, in people's lives and, and what they've experienced. And if we can speak that out and have a, a, a conversation, you know, some communication, I think we can uh, bring about a lot of healing in our families. Yeah, absolutely. And too many times in our society, we see where a husband and a wife will get a divorce and the wife or the husband will just have such animosity towards each other and then take it out on these children. And anytime they discuss the other one, they're just constantly badgering and bad-mouthing him to their children. And uh, that takes a toll after a while. And we see a lot of women do that. Um talk badly about the child's father to their child. Uh, talk about the effects of that on a child if they constantly hear their mother um, basically bad-mouthing their father. Well, if when that happens, it brings total confusion into the life of that child. And it brings resentment. And what I have seen, what I have seen, and I have to say with just, you know, not no survey, but what I have seen uh, over and over in over 40 years of ministry is that at first the child believes everything one parent is saying. And then after they get older and start some interaction, they begin to realize that it wasn't just one parent fault. They begin to realize that, hey, there's another side here. And, and sometimes they lose the relationship that they had with, with, with that mother because now they hear another side and even though the, the side might have been uh, not good as far as the marital relationship, but in a divorce, we, we divorce one another. We cannot divorce. We cannot divorce our children. And many times in divorce, the children, they go through the divorce and they get divorced from the father or maybe from both parents. So we, we have to understand what is going on. What is happening? What's going so, on? What's happening in that case? So when we get to understand it, what's happening, and, and and I guess this is what would happen. That's where the church comes in, when these families are able to come together and listen to the teachings and someone from the outside and listening to what they're saying. And as I mentioned earlier, we said in the first block of the show, man will automatically assume, well, it's going to be an attack on me. She goes to the church. I'm coming in. So they're going to take her side. So he's going to be unwilling to let down those barriers, which needs to happen. And then she's going to be looking at it that, no, you got to take my side because I'm, I go to this church. You know, how do you, how do you balance that so that you can get both parties to the table to say, look, it's more, it's not just about you two. It's about that child and making certain that the family, the family institution is there so that we can produce good children, good fathers, and future mothers. Amen. And and the thing, well, we've I, I guess our church in some regards is, is is different and unique because we have those situations where we have father and mother have divorced and and they're in the same church and some and sometimes they've remarried. And we've seen that in our churches, but what's what what brought us to that point is I started teaching on that 
even before it started to happen. And and again, I, I don't want to keep saying teaching, but teaching is so, so very important uh, concerning this. We don't have to go to the same church, but when we when we when we talk about well we're gonna get divorced, there need be there need to be exit. We need when, there need to be an exit uh, uh, counseling, uh, not so much an interview, but there need to be an exit exit consultation. And that's when you bring up the children, you talk about it. One of the best things that parents can do if they're going through a divorce, not just get help for themselves, get help for the for their children, and also, I like to bring everybody back together. If we could, you know, bring everybody back in the room and, and let's have a conversation so the children will know mama still love you, daddy still love you, and then maybe dismiss the children and, and have the father and the mother. And, and let's talk about the good of the children. You two didn't make it, but they're always going to be that, that, that child's father, always going to be that child's mother. So we have to understand it because sometimes when the child go visit the father, the father talks about the mother, put, put the mothers down and your mother's no good and all that. They shouldn't be having those conversations and we have to talk about it. And I think that when we realize it's not hurting other person, it's hurting the person you're supposed to be protecting and loving. And that's that child. So we put all that together. We know we have a plan. This is supposed to take place. Yes, what we need to yes. do. We understand the roles. Now we have the influences of society that's coming in. The church has done its part. Okay, we want to put the man out there. We want to be uh, church friendly toward the males. Let them know, hey, you can come here just like the women are coming here. So we got right. all this together. But then you have the outside influences. That's right now, as I said, and I don't know if you agree with me, that women, they're pushing women out front. Women oh, with everything, women with the jobs, women, women, women. It's like, but wait a minute, what about the men? So as a male, he sees this. What do he yeah. tell his son? I mean, what do, you, what do you do now with the outside forces? And unfortunate, a lot of women are buying into it, not realizing that, wait a minute, what about my man? What about my husband? Yeah, I can go out and I can make a living, but I still need him to be the head of the household. What do you do then, Pastor? Yeah, that's that's so true. And not only do you see that uh, broadcast uh, on different shows and, and television, and not only is that pushed about this 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 you know uh, co-equal thing. When I say co-equal, at the end of the day, there has to be somebody that makes the final decision. It's the same way in government. It's the same way in business. It is a principle. At some point, somebody has to make that decision. So, uh, and in a biblical perspective, God has placed the man there. So, what 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 need to happen? We need to shut the door on these outside forces. Now, if I can say something, and, and I don't mind saying it, and maybe I turn off some people, but the truth of the matter is, we have a strong uh, gay influence that is influencing that where where they believe that two women can uh, raise children. They can raise a, a male or female and same with two men. I think there's an influence there in, in the world. And I think when you look at just the numbers, the statistics, it, it is, it is obvious from the statistics when the father's not there, that there is a problem. So I think that's one of the things that, 
we have to just come to the table and talk about all of it. Well, you, you know, know, here on After Dark with Robert and Andrew, we have been talking about that for the longest. And I'm glad you brought it up because there is this push in society that two women, and not just you know, friends, but two lesbian women, they can be the head of the household. And what I'm, I'm fearful of, Pastor, is that the way that they're selling this and they have packaged it on different shows and out in the media that you don't need the man because he's not going to do right. So here's a woman. On all of our shows, we see this and they bring with them a family. And look at this family. And I'm like, wait a minute, let's put the brakes on this. What's happening? If you speak out about it, they'll say, oh, you're homophobic or you are thisophobic. We love the person. We love everyone. But right. what they're putting out there, I, I'm, I can't, I'm like, it's wrong. It is just wrong. But we have some churches that that they're promoting this and they're saying, oh, well, you don't know what the Bible was saying. God loves everyone. So let this take place. So you have this influence that's out there in the world. We're going to speak biblically. And then they want to bring it into church and say, well, we don't need the man because we have this. We hear it all the time. Toxic masculinity. You don't need a man. You can get together with a woman. How can this kid, this boy become a man if this is all he is seeing? day in and day out. Could you speak to that point, Pastor? Yes, because it's, it's going to be hard for him to understand how to be a man when he is hearing things about his gender that is negative. Then there's something in him eventually that is going to say, well, you know, if men are so bad and so awful and so horrific, then then I don't know if I want to be a man. And I think that's what I think that's what the, not to cut you, but I think that's what they want. It seems as if though that's what they want. We will beat them down. So look at we have our athletes that are wearing dresses. They're saying, "Oh, it's okay. Why can't I wear a dress? Why can't I put on makeup? Why can't I put paint my nails and put on lipstick?" I'm like, are you serious? They're pushing this. I'm Absolutely. Like, what is what is happening in our society? So you have the men who are trying to be men. And then you have all these outside forces that's constantly beating them down. And we have our leaders that are out there partaking in this. We had one president who to say, oh, man, you've disappointed me. Oh, I don't believe this. I'm like, wait a minute. Put the brakes on this. Right. Men aren't perfect. But you have a national figure who's saying this and you have little boys who are hearing this. Pastor, I don't I, I sometimes I wonder. Are we slouching toward, have we slouched into Sodom and Gomorrah? Have we just like completely taken leave of everything and there is no, there is no redeeming value? How do we turn the curve here and get yeah. back on the right track? I, I think, I think we stopped talking about uh, what I believe and things that are not facts and start talking about what is biblical facts. And the one thing we need to understand, science is, science is always going to be in, in connection with biblical principles and laws because God created science. So we, we have to understand that many times people are, people will say, this is what I believe and this is what I feel, or they'll tell something that they believe as though it is facts. And that is not the case. And and we have to understand that. But if if they if they propagate that like it is truth, that's why I said the numbers, if we look at the numbers what what the numbers say when the father's not in the home. 
Now, if you don't want to believe in the Bible, fine. But let's look at the numbers. Let's look at the Let's go to the prisons and, and let's interview those people that are in prison. Let's go and look at that and see what they say about the relationship that they had with their fathers. You know, it, it, that is so important. And I think we have to bring those facts and uh, truth, truths to the table. Let's have a conversation, not about what I believe or what I think. Let's have a conversation. You want you don't want to believe in the Bible? Okay, let's just look at science and let's look at what the numbers say. And like you quoted the last time we talked, these numbers we're talking about, this is just not something that we just pulled out that, you know, pulled out the air. These are governmental numbers. These are numbers from reputable agencies that are doing this to censor and so forth. And when you look at that, you see that the male is the father is not something that is optional. He is so much needed in our society and but i i back again i, I think just the conversation coming to coming to the coming to the table and having a conversation and if you really truly love that person if you love that person then you're gonna say hey okay it's nothing but women in my home but look when i see these numbers and i'm seeing the impact of it hey Something needs to happen here. There needs to be a male or vice versa. There needs to be a woman if it's just men. So I, I think being able to talk, the one thing that God says uh, in the book of Isaiah, God says, he says, come, let us reason together. And what God says is pull up a chair to the table. Let's just talk this out. Let's just talk it out. And many people don't want to do that because they don't have any truth to stand on or facts to stand on. So that's one thing that we have to, I think, bring people back to truths and to facts. And when we look at these numbers and we go to the prisons and we do those interviews, we're going to see that. That is going to be obvious. Well, Pastor, I mean, we this is a very enlightening conversation. And as you said, I'm glad you mentioned this, that people who don't believe in the Bible, because I'm sure that there are some people who are listening right now that are screaming at the radio and saying, I don't believe in the Bible. Bye bye. You guys are just church, 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 church. Like you said, OK, you don't believe in the Bible. Fine. But let's look at the numbers, reputable numbers from reputable agencies and organizations that are reporting that when a father isn't in the home, this right. is what will happen. Boys will end up in prison. And then you look at society right now. You look at all the crime that's, that's taking place. A lot with, by young people who they don't have a father at home. You go and you look, oh, the father is not there. So we're going to pick this up on the other side of the break. I mean, there's so much that I want to talk about. I know we have limited time. We definitely want to talk about your new book. But uh, on the other side of the break, we'll take this back up. Take it away, Andrew. Absolutely. And some of the numbers are 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. Nearly 25 million children live without their biological father. 60% of youth services are from fatherless homes. And uh, yeah, this is just so sad. We're going to pick this up after the break. You're tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel Monday through Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, or 7 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more Pastor Frank Stewart. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years 
We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a made-in-America climate plan a plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure, a plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com Folks, sad to say that we're on the last block of the show. And if you've been tuned in, I mean, we have got gained a wealth of knowledge from Pastor Stewart and talking about the father deficiency, talking about how the churches can play a role and how churches need to become more male-friendly. Because I'm sure a lot of you are going to church and you're probably looking and saying, oh my God, there's nothing but women here. We have, we always have those few five deacons, faithful brothers, but then everyone <laughs> else is women. You know, <laughs> And I've seen this across the board in different, in many churches. And it's how do we bring men back to the church right. so that they can be the leaders? Again, we're not saying that women can't be leaders. I don't want people pointing their fingers at the uh, radio and saying, oh, what are you talking about? But as the pastor said, you know, you look, let's look at it from a biblical standpoint. And when we look at society earlier on in our society, when we had that family institution that was built with a father, a mother, and then the children, it worked. But then down the line, we had people that were grumbling, oh, well, man can't do everything and we can't do this. I mean, I understand that there are some men who are there, and as the pastor said, that are in the home, and they're bullies, they're mean. And it's because they were lacking something when they were coming up. So now we're trying to find a panacea, so to speak, to heal that, to heal those wounds so that we could have and produce happy and healthy families the way it is ordained, the way it is meant to be. And all this other stuff that society, that the secular world is trying to push out there on us. 
that gay people can do just as well as the straight people in this. No, that's just that secular stuff that's being pushed. These people have been brainwashed into thinking, oh, well, this can work also. Who needs a uh, the traditional male and female in the family? And you have people that are out there that are trying to tear down that institution. And we have to be careful. We have to be watchful because we will buy into a thinking that it's okay. Now, I am not talking about those houses whereby the father died, the mother died, and someone has to do it on their own. We're not talking about that. We're talking about those, those family institutions, those bonds that will create it the way God wanted them to be. So the last part of the show, and I know also when I mentioned this, we had teased you guys about the book that the pastor has written. But we're so involved in this conversation that the pastor has generously offered to come back and have a conversation with us about the new book that's currently out there. It's time for resurrection. And as he told us when we we're on the other side of the break, that he did this book for, you know, it's going to come, it's already out there. But we'll, we're going to try to talk about it right before Easter, since we're talking about the resurrection. And as I had mentioned in the early half of the show, my thoughts on COVID and whatnot, I'm sure the pastor will have to pray for me on that, but we'll get there also. But let's get back to the topic that we're talking about, the father deficiency. So Pastor Stewart, we covered some of the chapters during the first part of the show about a month or so ago. And I want to ask you, what are some of the things that you want to point out that perhaps we are the chapters that we didn't miss that you want people to know about, Pastor Stewart. Well, I think one of the things that, and I, I don't think we covered it, I, I don't think we covered it, but chapter 15 and 16, I think are very important chapters. Uh, and I think if we can uh, understand these chapters, it uh, would really, really help us. Uh, chapter 15 is so many unanswered questions. And chapter 16 is so many unasked questions. And in the book of Joshua, the God told Israel to do certain things that would provoke the children to ask why. And it says it like this. In the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, what do these stones mean? Well, they ask them, why are we doing a ceremony like Passover? There are some things that God put in place in the Old Testament that would provoke a conversation between the children and the fathers because the children have the children have questions. They, they come here with questions. And that is part of their development, part of their education. So chapter 15 is a very powerful chapter. So many unanswered questions. And I don't know about you, Rob, but I got so many unanswered questions concerning my father since I, since he died before I was born. It is so many things I would like to ask him. And I didn't have a privilege to do that. Well, so it is with many, many, many uh, young men and, and young women. But the father's not deceased. He, he's just disconnected from the family for whatever reason. But that is very important for their development. Just, just want to know why, what happened, uh, what happened between you and Mama, why you, why you're not together. All of that is so important because that will help the child to understand they're not together, but they both still love me. They didn't leave because of me. So that's chapter fifteen. Chapter sixteen is so many unasked questions. Now this is this this is this is really powerful in the fact that 
when the father's in the home, the, the child asks questions that are triggered by the presence of the father. So when the father's not there or they don't have contact with the father, their questions, they don't even know what to ask. And, and these questions, they don't even know what to ask. When they get in a relationship, it impacts them in a profound way because they didn't know what to ask. So when they see certain things going on in their relationship, they don't have the answer for it because they didn't even know the question to ask because the father wasn't there. I, I, I hope that made sense to you. No, I, that makes perfectly good sense, the questions that aren't there. And a lot of times we do have sons who have questions. We have daughters who have questions. And oftentimes the mother does not want to address the questions and the father isn't there. And as you said, when you get them one-on-one, -on -one, when you get the father with the children, he's saying one thing about the mother. You get the mother, she's saying one thing about the father. And then sometimes it's like, well, I don't even want to talk about this because there's right. so much pain and hurt that's there. Exactly. And, and that's another dimension that we have to consider, the hurt and the pain that these wounded individuals who are, who are adults that are trying to raise other individuals, other humans, that hurt is so deep as to uh, something that didn't happen in their life that they can't go to the next level. And it goes, it brings us back to what you had said during the first show about the church being there to assist these wounded individuals and help them get back on the right track. But it has to be done in a way, as you said, Pastor, and I noticed this, you said, gracefully. Because yes. if you think a person's coming in and you're just going to, well, these are your faults and this is what you're doing, you're going to turn them off. Especially a man, he's going to say, wait a minute, you know, I've got my pride and you're now going to come yeah. and attack me? And see, that's what I'm talking about, male-friendly, because even pastors and leaders need to know how to handle men. Okay, you don't handle a man like you handle a woman. You don't handle a woman like you handle a man. We're different. Technology proves that. You know, it proves that. Most men, you, the brain scans and, and everything we have now, we know most men are just a left brain that, 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 just, you know, I don't want to say stoic, but the logical and, and, and all of that where the women are both sides. So there are some things that says, hey, we are different. There are certain parts of the male brain is larger than the woman and vice versa. Technology has told us, it's shown us these differences. We have to understand how to deal with it. So you don't handle a man like you would handle a woman. You don't handle a man in your conversation with him like you would handle a woman. It's, it's so different. It's so important. Now, these are principles. And if we think clearly, when the father is correcting, it's different from when the mother was correcting. Being corrected by a man is, is different than being corrected by uh, a woman. You know, my wife, I, I told you last time, my wife said to me, she said, you know, she's trying to get these kids to behave all day. She says, not fair. You come in and you tell them, get on the couch and sit down. They run you up on the couch and sit down. There's a difference in authority. I didn't do that. You didn't do that. God did that. And that is done not for the male ego. That is done to help the family and to help the wife, to help women. That's why that's done. Because we were designed for different purposes. 
Now, so, so, so what we're getting into is, is, is understanding and, and teaching. And that's why I said a conversation is so important. Now, you mentioned pain. That's chapter 21. I talk about don't expect everyone to understand the pain of father deficiency. And, and that's very, very important. So we don't allow people to turn us off or we don't turn people off because they, they don't understand uh, the pain of the father not being there. And many times I had a real problem with writing this book and getting it published because the people that was uh, uh, critiquing the book, the people that was proofing the book, they were coming from another place and they had no understanding what, what father deficiency meant. So their conversation with me, the critiquing, they were supposed to be just proofing the, you know, the, the, the English in the book, you know, they, they was making comments and I'm like, okay, that's, that's not your job. But when you raised in a home with a mother and father, as, as you know, some cultures are, it's hard for them to relate the impact that it has when the father's not there. You know, one man, he, he messaged, uh, he messaged me and told me, he said, I can see that you're real passionate about this, but this is not true. I don't, a father doesn't make that kind of impact. Well, you know, that's his opinion. I respect his opinion, but all the facts says that opinion is wrong. Correct. That's right. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> right. right. I mean, just that, but the pain that you feel uh, when your father's not there, we're not having that. So we talk about that in chapter 21. Uh, that's a very powerful chapter too to look at, but I think what is happening now more than anything, when the father has, when the father's not in home and he hasn't been in home, and then the children grow up and then they kind of, you know, repeat that cycle. What is happening is that our abnormal is becoming our normal. The abnormal. Mm. It's abnormal for a father to be absent in the home. Now, that's, that's the standard God set. Adam and Eve, that's what God designed. Anything that goes, goes different from that is abnormal. But now, because, because of the way society is, we've made it abnormal for the man to be in the home. That's so right. when, we see, when we see the man in his role and the woman in her role and there's submission and there's love, we think that she is being controlled because we don't understand what normal looks like. Wow, that's that's heavy. <laughs> that's heavy and it's deep because the abnormal has become the normal and they're trying to push it even more so. I'm so yeah. glad you mentioned that, Pastor. Go ahead. So when we when we look at that, that's a huge chapter because that's what we're doing there. And we're looking at that. But one other thing is that the next book is my autobiography that I'm going to write concerning uh, uh, father deficiency. And the title is going to be the title of one of the chapters. And that's Father Quake. When that father's not there, that child goes through a father quake. It's, it, it's like an earthquake. Um, that child goes through a father quake, which means in an earthquake, things are shifted. Things are moved out of place. You don't know where they should be and the way it should be. 
So stuff been shift, shifted. So when he comes up like that, it goes back to the normal at abnormal because when he when he was born into the world, when I was born into the world, all I saw was a mother and children. That was it. My whole life. Father wasn't there. He died when my mother was pregnant with me. All right. So if that's what I'm seeing my whole life. That's that looks normal to me. Now it looks like that because I suffered a father quake. I went through a father quake. Everything was shifted. And not just the father quake, when you go through a father quake, the one thing we have to talk about and deal with is that there are aftershocks. There are aftershocks that happens. There are tremors that happens in that person's life if they don't receive what they need to receive so they can become flexible enough in their understanding to withstand those aftershocks and tremors that they're going to have in their lives so they can become normal, so they can have an understanding of what's going on in their lives and why they're feeling the way they're feeling because what has been moved out of place or shifted to another place. Ministriesonline.org. That's where you go to uh, check out Pastor Stewart's books. It's got a lot of other things on the website. You guys definitely want to check that out. Thank you all for joining us tonight on After Dark with Rob and Andrew. We're out of time. We appreciate it. We're here available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you stream. Please like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or go to AmericaOutloud.com. We will see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or fall for nothing.